Thank you for listening to the Better Than Yesterday podcast, hosted by Stark Strength and Conditioning. This podcast is dedicated to CrossFit, nutrition, strength and conditioning, weightlifting, powerlifting, and becoming better than yesterday. Now is a good time to head over to the iTunes store and give us a five-star rating. Hello, everyone. We've got an awesome podcast here today. We've got Jory Jansen. I don't know how to how to <laughs> how was, to say. I was going to say di- dietitian extra <laughs> extraordinaire extraordinaire. Sure, sure, <laughs> that works. <laughs> and then we've got your sidekick Howie. Hi, I'm Howie. <laughs> Just in case people are wondering what the creepy heavy breathing is in the background, there's a third person in the room here. So, so Jory, you, this is your second time back. And um, yeah, we, we had some good listens uh, from members here and they, they liked your podcast uh, the first time. I know you said you didn't hear too much back on your side of things, but hopefully uh, this, this one will change a little bit. But uh, can you give us a little bit of an, an intro again about who you are and what you do? For sure. So um, first things first, I am um, have an awesome partner in life. He's been with me for 22 years and we have a daughter who is seven and she's pretty awesome most days. And um, my full-time job, which I really love, is working with the Canadian Sports Centre Manitoba. I'm the director of sport dietetics there and I would get to work with our, our national and Olympic pathway and Paralympic Pathway athletes. So that's my daytime, well, it's every time job. It's not really daytime. And then a small private practice on the side. And that could be working with businesses, corporations, the individual. It could be disordered eating, all the way to just how to just eat better for health and wellness and performance. So that's me. So she does a bit of everything nutrition-wise. Um, and you're, you're pretty busy with that as well. We were talking on the way here and, um, it, it sounds like you've got some pretty interesting things going on and, uh, you're, you're looking to even kind of help other dietitians be able to, to help other individuals out with, uh, with some of their eating habits and. Absolutely. I think there, um, is room for everybody to start working on health, well-being, performance. And by performance, I don't even just mean fitness. I think performance when you walk in the door at home, performance in the workplace, performance wherever you may be. So is there just one person who is the guru to do everything? Absolutely not. And there's many of us, and I'm a huge fan, and I might have said this last time when I was here, is that there's not one person who can you know, meet the needs of every single type of client. And it's really, really important that if you're going to look for someone to work with, whether it's a fitness coach or a dietitian, you call, you investigate, do your research and find the right fit. I think that's really important. So interview your dietitian or your yeah, trainer or your absolutely. doctor. <laughs> Actually, somebody, somebody messaged me and said, hey, I'm looking for a, a new doctor. Like, can you recommend anyone? And I'm like, I honestly don't know. Like they were looking for a GP right. yeah. and I'm like, you know what? It'd be cool if, if there was something that you could actually go and interview the person so that you know, yeah. sort of what you're getting, you would do that with a, a dietitian or a trainer or, you know, whoever you're going to be working with. And, um, you know, even, even for a doctor, it'd be good to just kind of like check them out. And are you just going to look under the hood very quickly and be like, okay, next yeah. person, or are you actually going to spend some time with me and like help me with, with my issues sort of thing? So. Absolutely. So yeah, whoever it is that you're going to work with, do the homework, it's well worth it. Otherwise, I just had someone say, I just spent $1,500 on a particular um, group that that um, educates other coaches on how to do nutrition. And um, she's now desperate to work with someone else. So really, no matter how well-known someone is or isn't, that's really not the factor. It's, can they work well with you? Yeah. So check them out. Yeah. Interesting story on that. I've, I've worked with a, a few different business mentors, and it's been interesting to see, um, you know, the one that I'm currently working with is awesome. They're spending, you know, a lot more, a lot more time with me, digging under the hood, figuring out, like, how we can make tweaks and, mm-hmm. and change things versus, um, you know, one of the previous ones that was just kind of like randomly, I found it was random, uh, choosing different things to work on and there was no process or procedure to it. And that kind of, that kind of sucked. So it's, it's good to have, you know, comparisons and you might not know, you know, what you're getting or who you're getting right off the bat until you kind of spend a bit of time with them. But, um, 
you know, sometimes you got to make that investment in yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, taking action and, and doing something is better than just doing nothing and having that uh, paralysis by analysis. Exactly. Which I think could bring us into something that I was hoping we would talk about today. Okay. Um, you know, it's that making that same decision every year, that New Year's resolution. Yeah. And I know we had talked a little bit about like, why is it that the same people every year want to do the same thing? And um, I, I think part of it is we don't do the research. We don't find out who we can work well with just because someone might have did a great job with with um, someone they know doesn't mean that they're the right fit for them. So it's finding out who your mentor is, whether it's a nutrition coach, um, someone that really understands what they're doing. If it's your fitness coach, if it's your doctor, if it's your therapist, everybody needs counseling, I think. Um, no shame in that for sure, actually. Uh, you have to find the right people to support you, no matter what that is. It's like if you're Going back to school, you need to have your support system in place or it's going to be really challenging to follow through. And for your health goals, what, it, what do you want to work on? If it's the same thing every year, then maybe the process you've been taking every year isn't working for you. Something new. I think there's so much out there, so many different options, so many different choices that, uh, you know, going back to our, our conversation before about like, you know, checking out different gyms and different different mentors, coaches, whoever you're going to be working with. And, you know, not looking for the, the quickest results possible. I think that's that's a yeah. sort of a, a downfall that some people might have. They're looking to see, like, how much weight can I lose by the end of January or for my trip at the beginning of February or something like that. And, you know, they might not be happy with the, the results or, or the path they got to take to get there. I was on um, Instagram the other day and I was kind of scrolling and I saw a post from a, a local gym owner that was reminding participants of their six-week challenge that it's coming to an end and to make sure that they're taking their ephedrine and their fat-burning pills to uh, oh. to maximize their, their gains um, by the end of this challenge. And I looked at that and I'm like, it reminded me of people that I've known in the past that have been on, say, fat-burning pills for years yeah. and they still haven't really lost weight. And it's just, it's, it's frustrating for me. I don't know your thoughts on that. It, it, it's actually scary too, because I've, I find a lot of times we've really, when we're, if we're working with someone, at least some of the strength coaches that I've interacted with, they, they never really knew how to ask the right questions to figure out if what they were going to offer was even something that was safe for their clients. Um, and they're offering up nutrition advice. And some, some strength coaches actually offer really good advice. Uh, I'm not saying that it's only the dietitian that offers great advice. Uh, some dietitians, maybe not. <laughs> it's every field, right? But I think that we have to ask the right questions. Is this something that they can afford that is safe? Have you really looked into their medical history? Um, these stimulants, none of them have been proven anyway to work. Uh, they've been proven to cost money and they've been proven to, in some cases, help with motivation. But in the long run, none of these supplements have been proven to help with weight loss. And I think that's part of the problem right there. You're focusing on one thing in your entire wonderful life on, and, and it's one aspect, it's weight loss. That should be an outcome. It shouldn't be your focus in life. That's an outcome from ha living a well life. So I think it's a different perspective. I, I remember when I was doing competitive kickboxing and um, our coaches were recommending that we took this um, thermogenics. It was like a, mm -hmm. it was a stimulant. There was like ephedrine, aspirin, and ASA or something in there. Caffeine. And, uh, the caffeine, yeah. Yeah, and it was like they were recommending that so that you would perform better. And this was something you could just go to GNC and buy it off the shelf there. So it wasn't like anything that you'd have to go there and be like, hey, do you have something hiding in the back room that you could sell me or whatever? And I remember taking that and being, we were told to, you know, take it a couple times a day. And even at GNC, it was just like, should I even be saying like the, the name of the place or you can, I used to work there. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute, should I be saying this? Um, but yeah, it was just like, yeah, take one in the morning and then take mm -hmm. one before training and that. And I was like sitting at like my eight thirty AM 
sport nutrition class with Rennie Benedict. And I'm like, just like tapping my pen on the table, my <laughs> foot's just like bouncing up and down. And I'm like, I don't know if this is right. <laughs> like it's, uh, yeah. And it was someone, yeah. someone of, uh, that you look up to telling you to, to do this and it's, yeah, not so good. It, it's not. Um, and, and really is any supplement in general sustainable long-term and there's nothing showing that it is. If you have to take something like a stimulant, I'd be wondering, what's your sleep quality like? Um, what's your stress level like at work, in the home? Um, and how can that be managed? What mental health or mental illness struggles do you have? Are you exercising? Are you eating real food more often than not? Are you hydrating well? There's a lot of things that you can look at before you should even think about going outside of the box and some stimulant that you don't even know if the bottle is what it is because it's not regulated like food here, right? So what's on the bottle may be in the bottle or it may not be. There might be something else. There's something that's called cross-contamination that happens all the time, which is why the athletes that I work with that are podium hopefuls, we have to make sure that there's least risk possible because there is potential cross-contamination even in that protein powder. Yeah. I mean, protein powder is safe, right? Well, um, there, there have been athletes te- testing positive just because they took away protein powder. So, Last thing you want is like your pre-workout like cross-contaminated with Viagra and then it's just <laughs> well, like yeah. you can have a lot of trouble there. Um, so are you, so do you, do you recommend pre-workout to anyone? I know that there's people, not the contaminated stuff with Viagra, but like they, um, I know some people just, just pound it back before every workout. And to me, it's just, if you need a stimulant like that to, to just get you going for a workout, that's, that's not right. Like you said, yeah. you need, you should have, you know, more sleep or whatever it is, but relying on something like that each and every time you, you go to work out, I yeah. can't see that being a good thing. To be honest, um, in the 15 years I've been practicing, I've never, um, recommended a pre-workout. Never. Um, I, that said, some people that I work with do take pre-workouts. Um, if they're general population, I just give them the information so they can make an informed decision. If they are an athlete that can be tested, I make sure that should they still want to take the pre-workout, that it is a certified for sport product to, it doesn't eliminate risk, but it decreases risk. Um, it's, we have to go back to basics first and, and look at what it is that you're doing, not doing well, and start working on that and building that. There is no supplement. There's no superfood. Even if we go to real food, there's no superfood out there that is going to be that magical moment for you in terms of your performance or in terms of your body composition change or weight change, whatever it is that you're looking for. So, yeah, it's it's really not hot to talk the way I think that people sh- should... Um, make some changes. It's old school, perhaps, in a sense. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that if people can really start looking at their, what are they doing right now? What are they doing well? What are are some things that they can start to tweak a little bit to do better? And lots of forgiveness along the way. You're going to fail. I tell everybody for sure. And, And failure actually makes you stronger, right? It's like in the gym. They work their muscle out to failure. But that's what you want because now now you can put substrate into it and it's going to be stronger than it was before. So through life lessons that we learn, um, and some people have done some pretty silly diets and they're probably nodding their heads when they listen to this. That's okay because you've had a lesson learned. And so you've had some failure there. Now you're stronger, you're smarter, you make a better decision. So failure isn't bad, but if you can have some life lessons without always having to fail, that, that can make life a little bit easier. We, uh, that just reminds me of a woman that we had do our, we had a 12 week challenge last year and she was training here and she was also training at, uh, Orange Theory Fitness and she was also training at Fit Body. And so she was doing like three workouts a day and we were like, when we did the intake, I'm like, okay, like what are your eating habits like? And we were talking about that and she said, oh, I'm going to worry about them like later on. I'm like, you're, you're spending three hours a day training. Like if you were to like cut that down and just go to one place and work on your, your eating habits and get that stuff dialed in, you'd get a lot more out of it. And, um, so she didn't really jump on the bandwagon there (laughs) at the end of the 12 weeks, there was very minimal weight loss, even though she's putting in like 
three hours a day training plus, you know, driving time, um, you know, changing, showering, cleaning up and being able to go back to work and stuff like that. And I just thought it was unbelievable. I, I thought it was a really cool, um, you know, outcome, not for her really, but like just to show that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can be like putting in three hours a day training, you know, neglect your eating habits and then at the same time, like not get what you want out of it and, and still yeah. kind of like fail. And I said, use this as, as a, a learning, you know, experience and, and you got to start doing something about those eating habits. Yeah. I, I think people get really focused. Um, one of the, my, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I'm going to, I hate, and I, I know I'm using the word hate. Um, I really don't like developing meal plans because when I'll do them, if people are going to pay me, but I explain to them first why, why I think that they don't need a meal plan, but I'll do them. Um, because they're going to pay me for it, which is fine if that's what they want to do. But the reason is, is that anyone that makes up a meal plan for you, it's a self-help book and self-help books can be inspiring and motivating for a week, a month, maybe. And then where do those self-help books go? They go into a drawer, onto the bookshelf. They stay on your, you know, nightstand forever underneath other books that now you're reading because the last one didn't work. And so whenever someone develops something for you, it can be used as a guide, but it's it's not going to be developed for you. You have to develop that. I have a client right now where she said, yeah, she wants a meal plan. And I said, do you really? She, and she's like, yeah, I really want a meal plan. I said, right now, during this time, you, you've got studies. She's a student. You have your studies, you're starting back into your sport, you had to be away for um, an injury, and now you want to meal plan it. Now, is that going to be stressful or is that going to be helpful? And she goes, well, I think it'll be helpful. I said, will it? Okay, so I give you a plan. You have to eat only this or this at breakfast, only this at this at this time. And um, all of a sudden, shopping's not done and you can't follow that plan. Are you going to be more stressed or less stressed because you're not following the plan? And she took a breath and she relaxed her shoulders. She said, I'm going to be more stressed. Let's not do that. I said, how about this? You learn to just be a little bit more intuitive. When are you hungry? Um, eat more real food more often. And um, after the Christmas break, if you still want a meal plan, then we sit at either in the office we were in or we go to a cafe and we sit there and we build the plan together. She goes, Oh, so I would build it with you. I'm like, yeah, you would build it with me. And so that's what our plan is. If she still needs a meal plan, then she's got to put the work in. Because yeah. if she's going to put the work in, she's designing it, then she's going to take some ownership. If yeah. she takes ownership of it, she's deciding what she can have, when she's going to have it, can she afford it? Is she, because I don't like to cook. So if you don't like to cook, don't put in fancy things, right? Yeah. If you only want to go to one store, don't pick things that you have to go to some you know, other end of the city to go find. And so when they have that role in building that nutrition plan, then they've got a little bit more motivation to follow it through because they said they would do it. That's their why. They put it in. Now they're going to work harder for it versus getting another self-help book that is not going to help. Cool. I love that you get people to take ownership of, uh, yeah. of it because... I know a lot of people want meal plans. They want, um, and, and I would say like a higher percentage of the population when they, when they are wanting some help with nutrition and stuff like that, it's just tell me what to eat. Just tell me what to eat. And it's like, well, what are you going to eat when that stuff isn't available? Or, you know, say this person wants their meal plan before Christmas and like, well, when are you going to actually start making use of yeah. it? Like first or second week of January, if you haven't already forgotten about it by then, or, Maybe you're just frustrated with yourself that you failed and didn't use the meal plan and just went to town over Christmas and yep. aren't happy with yourself because <laughs> of that. So. Yeah, I, I and I understand having guidance. I, I definitely, I maybe I'm like going a little over the top, but I, I really do think that most people, since the beginning of time, know what food is. Is it always available? Can you afford what you think you need to have? I've shown women who um, come from backgrounds that are pretty rough. I've I've shown them how they can actually eat okay. Now, it is it is more processed, so people don't get mad and saying, "Oh, this dietitian doesn't know what she's talking about." But I showed women that don't have money, they're going to the food bank, how they can go to the dollar store and still plan out an okay meal. Cool. Right. So you don't have to be rich to eat well. 
um, to eat for sure some of the other fancier options out there. Yeah, you, you got to have a good career for sure. But if you don't have the money, there's still ways to create balance in eating okay. Cool. So going back to like the New Year's resolution mm-hmm. people, um, how, how do you think they can be successful this year around if... Uh, you know, if they, if they choose to, if they're, if they're going to go down the right path, what do you think is going to help? Well, I, I think that'll be different for everyone. I'd want to know what has been their path so far. And if their path is jump in and set themselves up for failure instead of success, then I'd say stop doing that. Um, that would be number one, whatever hey. that is. What do you need to stop doing, start doing and continue doing, right? Those yeah. sort of things. Um, so set yourself up for success. For um, one of my clients, for her, she ate okay. She eats fine. Like it's nothing crazy, but um, she wasn't doing the exercise. So she said, I'm going to work out five days a week. And uh, for the first month, she did it. And then life got busy. And um, the past three months, it's been four days a week. But for her, it's still success. Because we, prior to setting up that goal, um, there was no exercise coming in. And um, the nutrition is a little bit better. Could there be some change, more changes made for sure? But her goal right now, even though she would like some body composition change, we've already talked about not focusing on the weight, but the body composition. We've decided that the focus is on going to be her, her health and well-being, and can she still perform when she goes to work, when she walks in the door after her work, she's got her career, she has a family. So how is she going to fit this in? And that's success. The outcome of treating your body well um, with sleep, nutrition, exercise, all that sort of stuff, um, the outcome may be weight loss. It may not be, though. I, if anyone guarantees weight loss, um, Either they're promising just short term or they're lying to you because everyone's body is different. And so I never guarantee weight loss. I will guarantee to help them to the best that I can to help them be the best version of who they are, but I won't guarantee a certain weight loss. You can't do that. That's not fair to them or to you in your business either, right? Let's be a little selfish. Yeah. It's, it's not fair that way either. You just can't do that. There's a lot of variables there too. Like you had mentioned, she was training five days a week and if she dropped it down to four days a week, that's that's not terrible. But if you build mm-hmm. a plan with someone for a certain type of intake and then they're only, you know, they tell you they're going to work out five to six days a week, but they're only doing one or two, that's going to yeah. change things too. And they're probably not going to see that that weight loss or the changes as much as they would like. For sure. Um, so I think it's important to be honest, have a very trusting relationship. And that's where we as practitioners, whether you're the, you know, um, the dietitian or the um, uh, trainer, you have to be careful with how you ask questions because it can sound very judgmental, even though that might not have been your intention. And so, as we've talked about before, intentions, good intentions don't always lead to good outcomes, right? So we really want to be careful with how we ask questions um, and asking open-ended questions and questions that allow for conversation. And I know that's one of the things that um, I've been told when I've mentored other dietitians is they say, when you're doing your assessment with someone, you're not even following a sheet, you're just having a conversation. I'm like, well... My thing is if I've missed anything, I developed a decent enough relationship that I can call them up or email them and ask them what I missed. Hey, I missed asking you this. Do you mind sharing with me? And I can get more. But following a little check sheet looks a little judgmental. Um, But if you build relationship and if you do that rather quickly, then you're more likely to be able to work with them over the long term. So you don't put the spotlight on them and sit across no. from a table or whatever, like an interrogation room. <laughs> no, yeah. no, that doesn't work, right? But, no. um, but I, it doesn't mean that you don't speak direct at times. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that you just don't hold them accountable, but then you bring it back to, well, what was the reason why you wanted to meet with me in the first place? And if that's changed, that's okay, but we need that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And- like you had mentioned, some people do need counseling. So there could be other things at play that yeah. might, you know, not let you be successful with changing your eating habits or whatever. Because if may- yep. maybe your home life situation isn't that great and, you know, maybe you're drinking a little bit more or looking for comfort foods and stuff yeah. like that, until that changes, it's going to be very, very challenging to like get on, a, you know, the right path nutritionally. Well, one of, um, one of my clients, what we found out was we could try anything we wanted to do. But 
it ended up finally she was diagnosed with depression. So once that's looked at, uh, then we can move forward. Or the fact that she understands now that that there's depression, now we can move on to the next phase. Nutrition will impact. Uh, sleep will impact your your level. Um, maybe there's depression, anxiety happening. What else is going on? And then you can move from there. It's not that as a dietitian or the strength coach you treat. Um, anything like a depression or anxiety, but we can help with the management of it. Cool. So why is it that people don't lose weight when they're taking uh, an extremely low number of calories in? Like say they're, say they're yeah. taking in less than their basal metabolic rate, so what they'll burn at rest throughout the day. Right. Why won't they lose weight? So in many cases... They'll lose weight at first, but we know that's water weight, which is fine. That's They've decreased the food quantity coming in so that you're not storing as much glycogen, which is weight. Um, and maybe the, some of the fiber foods, you've decreased that, so that's also weight. So you've gut content overall is, is done. But you hit that plateau, now you're not losing any weight. Um, yeah, you are, you are changing things. So the lower the caloric intake that you have, uh, you may not be losing because you're not shutting off certain signals, right? So if you're someone that it has some weight to lose and you're not lo- losing the weight, um, but you're feeding just enough to keep going, then perhaps you're just only burning off what you're putting in. So you're not digging deep in, into your fat stores, for example. So what you want to do is make sure that you are getting enough food, but... Um, looking at making sure that it's quality. Uh, I'm not opposed to protein powders, but I will put it out there that protein powder is still a heavily processed item. It is not whole food. It's not real food. It's processed. So I suggest that people go with a whole food approach as much as possible. Get the fat in that you need. Too many people go low fat or fat free. Our body needs fat. It needs quite a bit of fat. It needs for brain function, for being able to actually absorb fat-soluble vitamins that you're getting from those vegetables and fruit that you're eating. So we do need to have fat in the diet. So don't go fat-free. You don't have to go low-fat. So fat doesn't make you fat? Fat does not make you fat. (laughs) Fat makes you fuller longer. Fat makes you healthier. Fat has nutrients in it. Uh, Fat helps you absorb, as I said, nutrients that otherwise would just pretty much be flushed out of you. Um, and they're pretty important nutrients, antioxidants. So we do need fat. So don't get rid of fat. Uh, protein is very important as well. So um, and and find the proteins that you enjoy. If you're a vegan, find the protein content that you enjoy. If you're a meditarian, that's fine. You know, find the ones that 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 you enjoy. But you do need protein in, and you need protein throughout the day. It's not once a day. A lot of um, women. Uh, not, not so much now, but I know when I first started my career, a lot of women would eat most of their protein at supper. But what your body needs is that protein spread out throughout the day. And you don't need to eat six times a day. I have some clients that only eat three times a day. So those of you that feel like you, know, you, you don't like eating six times a day, don't. Eat three. That's okay. There's no one way to eat. It's like living here in the city. There's no, well, generally, getting somewhere. There's no one way to get to your destination. There's different routes that you can take. There's one that's going to be best for you. It's going to save you time, gas, money, all that kind of stuff. That's going to be the best route for you. And the same thing with your dietary choices. There's going to be a nutrition plan that is going to be best for you as an individual. So there's no one way. That's probably probably Google calling to remind us to that they call every day, like multiple times a day. Oh, do they? Yeah, oh. yeah. Anyway, is it a, is it recording though? Or it's is a it recording. A, oh, yeah. bummer. I was gonna say if it's a real yeah. person, we can talk to them. No, <laughs> <laughs> we can find out what they're doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. What are your New Year's resolutions? Yeah. Um. So and then the the carb thing. I heard mm. carbs are really bad for you. You shouldn't be right. Yeah. They. they <laughs> They are horrible. They give you yeah. brain fog. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. Um, they really, they really, and they make you obese. That's the number one reason cause for obesity in North America is carbohydrates. Uh, no. <laughs> what we can look at, though, are processed foods. We can look at simple sugars. Yes, for sure. But, um, and I have had clients cry when I said that they could have an apple if they wanted it. They cried because they were involved with a sport where 
um, it was very much physique oriented and uh, their trainer had them off carbohydrates and and basically said no fruit, no carrots, no peas because those are high in carbohydrate. Um, so as I met with them and looking at their brittle nails and the their hair that was very fine that used to be thick apparently before I had met them, uh, I started adding in fat. I started adding in things like fruit. Like even berries were off their list. Like That's low glycemic, high fiber, jam-packed with nutrients. Why would you get rid of something so wonderful if you like berries? If you don't like berries, don't eat them. But <laughs> if you like them, eat them. Don't force it. Right, exactly. So I've had clients actually cry or, or and men just like, really? You can bring fruit back in? They're, so... Carbohydrate is a big word for foods that break down into, into sugar and glucose, and we need it. Our liver stores it, our muscles store it, our brain needs a steady flow of glucose. So we need to have carbohydrate, and there's some awesome carbs. Do we need to overconsume them, which I will likely do Christmas Eve? No, um, but we, we still need to have carbs. Fat, carbohydrate, those are needed. Um, they all contain different nutrients our body requires. If you don't want to eat bread, don't eat bread. I don't care. Um, I'm not, I don't have stocks in bread, so if someone does, they might want you to eat bread. But if you don't want bread, don't. If pasta, you feel like it's a trigger food for you, don't eat it. But there's nothing wrong with including those foods into your meal plan. Um, it's just going to be your belief system. It's going to be your mindset um, and what you, what the outcomes uh, of having those foods has on you. Well, and mentally, if you're told by a coach not to have any fruit or any carbs or mm-hmm. anything like that, um, you know, at, at some point you're probably either going to break down or if you're not doing that sport yeah. anymore, you might not have a, a solid re-entry into having that stuff in your yeah. diet again and, you know, might not have the greatest experience with them. That's right. Um, yeah, I might have got off your original question. <laughs> I do that, don't that's, I? <laughs> that's okay. I'm like looking. I'm like, yep, none of this stuff is on, on here. But but, t- but taking too few <laughs> calories doesn't help. It really doesn't. Um, it does shut down the, the body, certain systems. So you're not able to actually utilize your fat stores and, and to really start losing weight. So at the end of the day, you want to ha- figure out what balance is for you. Find some someone or, or a team. Um, I love, uh, in my private practice, I've been doing it a lot more and more and really requesting that if they're with a trainer and a therapist that we develop an integrated support team and that they give permission for us to chat so we can all make sure we're on the same page and give the same information so then our clients aren't getting messed up that they're like okay so Jory and Paul and Sally were talking and what they came up with was they see this happening and they gave me some support every week I'm getting the support if I'm not seeing Jory I am seeing Paul and the same message is coming across and I'm being more successful now I think that's really important we're all we all work in silos the client then is feeling isolated or confused um then Paul's like what's Jory saying because um the client said that Jory said this but really what Jory said was this but that's what the client heard but if we have these times of chatting the uh, last week uh, it happened at nine at night that's when the coach was available I spoke to the coach and the trainer and myself and the parent of the athlete and we and we talked about what's going on and what we're seeing individually okay so that's what we're seeing individually how can we work together to make sure that this client is able to get to where they want to be and it's so much better that way do you ever have coaches that are like totally different opinions than, than what you have working with a client? And how does that work? I have. Um, more so, I, I find it's really nice. I, I find that because people realize I'm not coming in roaring like a lion, I want to hear perspectives, even if they're not mine. So coaches that know me um, or have heard about my approach have been really good. I'd say when I first started, yeah, wow. Um, it was different. I, I've, I had some coaches get annoyed with me or blame me for, for certain outcomes. And that's really unfortunate because if we have a conversation, we, we all want the same thing. We want the people we, we are working with to perform at their best, highest potential of whatever that is, right? So um, now I, I've had great conversations. And, and especially when I have that initial phone call or meeting with the coach, they're like, oh, you're actually saying the same thing. I'm like, hmm. Interesting, huh? <laughs> so, uh, I think we all want the same thing. We just have different. We have different thoughts of how to get there, but we have to figure out not our own 
way, but what's the best way for who we're working with? So if we're working with a weight loss client, um, what do they need? Maybe they don't need a nutrition plan right now. And I will say, you know what, right now you need to go work on whatever, because that's as a group, we decided with you that 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 the best approach right now is to not get this, but work on that. And then they feel great. And it's like, we're, they're like, are we breaking up? I'm like, we're not breaking up. I'm just saying, you know, it's me, not you. You know, it's need to take a break. (laughs) We just need to take a break so you can focus on one thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of of layers to this onion. (laughs) It's messy, but good. So is it reasonable for someone to to lose weight? And is there such thing as uh, sustainable weight loss? I think that there there's such... People can lose weight. I believe that there, in order for there to be a relative sustainable weight loss, there needs to be a sustainable lifestyle. You, you, you can't have one without the other. And, and that's... Um, I think it, that's been proven over time. We have, like... Studies upon studies upon studies of low-calorie diets and exercise combined not showing long-term weight loss. And they will measure it after a a year-long study. And those studies are not proving. At most, by the end of the year, they're down a kilo or two pounds. That's it for all that effort. So if we look at, and and that's in a study, so that's with people being monitored. So if they're out on their own, why would we expect anything different? So there has to be something more to it than just exercise and diet. There has to be something more to it. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I've met a lot of people who have gone through you know, different, different diets. And we were talking about it on the way in, just about trying to get to a certain number or, you know, it's not always a great idea to try to get to a certain number, but like you said, you know, mm-hmm. live a live a fulfilling life that that is functional and you feel fit and healthy. But um, yeah, I think that that maintenance, I would think that it would be easier to maintain once you get there. But I think for some people, it's it's not. It's not for for some people. It will be. Um, I mean, they'll go up and down a little bit, but. It, I think one of the things that I always mention is it's not will you fall off track, but it's how quickly do you get back on track. That's the sustainability. Um, for others that fall off, you have to look at other other reasons that we may not be able to help in terms of nutrition, in terms of the exercise component. There are likely other areas. I mean, I have I'm going to be starting to work with a client, and she said she's been on a diet since she was eight years old. And um, she said she now she's not from this province, so I can share. She has PCOS, and um, she yeah she's always been overweight, struggled with weight, and she feels now she's in a place where she's most comfortable with who she is and her body, and she wants to figure out how to now sustain keep this sustainable. So we're going to be chatting, and luckily there's um, virtual ways of meeting with clients nowadays. FaceTime, Skype, as long as they're okay with knowing that nothing is 100% confidential. It's you know, it's virtual and things like that. But um, she is open and receptive and we're going to talk and see her journey and uh, what myself or if I'm not the right fit, I will help look for someone that will be the right fit for her to figure out how to help her sustain all the great things that she's been able to accomplish in spite, you know, feeling she had to diet at eight years old. So. And that's, she's been doing, jumping around from diet to diet since she's been yeah. eight? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just trying to find the thing that works. and Yeah, okay. yeah. So um, a lot of times when people are starting up at the gym, um, we, we do talk about nutrition, kind of like what their habits are like and stuff like that. And um, sometimes they, they just want to work on the exercise portion first. And that might be for like six months or I'm just going to work on the exercise portion for a year and then I'm going to start looking at my diet. Mm-hmm. And usually I sort of caution against that because I know when you're doing both in combination, like the, the results are going to be a lot quicker. You're going to, you're going to be a a lot happier with them and you're going to be a little more sustainable with your exercise and and nutrition habits when you are seeing those results. It can be pretty frustrating. Like, Hey, I'm coming to the gym very consistently and I'm not seeing what I want out of it. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) So again, it's always going back to the individual. And I think that, if they can even figure out how to make something realistic. So we know nutrition is important. We know exercise is important. They're all in for the exercise. 
because they've got that real life accountability. Um, and for whatever reason, there isn't that social emotional attachment to exercise as there is to food for them, probably. So it's, it's easier. It's scary to, to say, to give up and say, okay, I'm going to do the food thing because it is so ingrained from when we're, you know, five years old, our, our blueprints already been developed in, in who we are and our belief system. doesn't mean it can't be worked on and changed, but, but our pl- blueprint is essentially there. And um, for someone like her, I, I think that you're right. If, she, if the goal is to see quicker results, both work hand in hand. But if her goal right now is to set herself up for success and not failure, right now she's just you know in survival mode, I need to do something so I become more stable, then it's a Okay, so why not for, well, you know, well, let's, let's check in at four to six weeks to see how you're doing with that. And if she's stable, then let's move her into success. And then once she's successful in adding in, so success might be, okay, so maybe we don't give the whole meal plan, which is the way I like to work anyway. What's one meal or snack that you want to work on for the next week in conjunction with your workout plan? And, and it might be, like, I would choose one that seems already pretty much where it should be. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you're going to make sure that, you know, is it five or six out of seven days that you've got that meal or snack in place? And then week two, what are you going to build on top of that? Or for some, it may be the food addition rule instead of the replacement rule. So you're not going to take away the, the double-double, but you're going to add something to it. So maybe it's a double-double and maybe... Triple, triple. Or triple triples. In some cases, you're right. So maybe it's that plus maybe a hard-boiled egg, right? It just add to it and set them up for success, not failure. That's where I would work. That's not that maybe in terms of personality and approach that might not be right for for you or for anyone else that that works works here. Um, but I, I think that the key is where is is your client at, and if they don't know then if you throw everything at them, you're going to find out pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they may not come back. So it depends. I think both... I, I, I love seeing people work on both at the same time because it w- the changes will happen sooner. And usually people get motivated and... Well, they're inspired and, and motivated to continue, right, once they've seen a change. So I, I do like both, but you can't necessarily do the one-size-fits-all approach, right? It depends. It, I, isn't that horrible? It depends. It depends. It, it depends. Um, so are you, are you more of a fan of like giving them one thing to work on a week and be successful with that and build on that? or um, For most of the people that I'm working with right now, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of anxiousness around food, I find, nowadays. And it's either you know good or bad. It's clean or dirty. And just so much of that messaging... Um, Right from 10-year-old boys, I'm hearing it from them, to I've had a 72-year-old client who's awesome. What a beautiful lady. But um, I, I really think that our messaging is important. So it's, it's, we can't make things guilt and shame around it. Food is food. It shouldn't, something inanimate should not make us feel good or bad about ourselves. Yeah. But we do, right? Oh, I was bad. I had this. Well, yeah. you're not bad because you had it. Was it good for you? Well, it depends. Um, How did you feel after you ate it? Well, I felt great. Well, then it was good for you in the moment. <laughs> you know, so um, you have to, look, you know, look at the big picture, not just a, a piece of the puzzle, but maybe starting to build the whole puzzle and put the pieces together. <laughs> I just had a, I just had a flash of our daughter Alexa. Um, Lori and I would like feed her anything and everything when she was younger, and she would just. She would take it, and now she's a very picky eater. Selective. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) very selective. But when it comes down to um, Lori will put, like, a sweet potato on a a fork, and she'll give it to Lex, and she won't take it. She won't want it. But then I'll say, oh, I'll have it, and then I go to put my mouth open, and as soon as, like, Lori starts bringing it over to me, Lex will go, no, me. So then she takes it, and then she'll look at me and go, ah, with her mouth open, (laughs) and she'll eat it. So... I don't know why I thought of that, but uh, well, it's <laughs> it great. Works. She, be, well, I, and it shows that you're training her or developing her into someone that's going to be independent, right? And so, you just because you say have it, 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that she's going to have it. No. But when she's given the option to like, oh, maybe I do. Right? That's going to take it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then, oh, okay. Well, you know what? I, I do like it, so I'm going to have it. And yeah. I, we mess with that as we get older. Um, just our emotions, our stress levels, um, events that we go to. Just because you're going to a movie, you better chow down on a bag of popcorn. And um, we we train ourselves to not be intuitive anymore. And, and not be independent with our food choices anymore, and, um, which is too bad. I, and I think that that's part of the issue of why do we keep starting over with the same goals every year? It's because we have trained ourselves to not be intuitive, but to be forced. And when we're forced, we don't feel good about ourselves and we don't achieve our goals because we like to do things in our own time. And when that's taken away from us, it's not a good outcome. So don't. Don't force square pegs into round holes. Right. <laughs> I forgot about that saying. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> so do you, have, do you have anything else you want to touch on before we've got like some speed rounds, a few, right. a few things? So. Oh, yeah. That, that, that speed round will take 10 seconds, but for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, next. But I, I really, in terms of how does nutrition play a role in eating and being fit, um, I, lo- I like that and then skipping the part about and losing weight. If we can learn about how nutrition heals the body, how it nourishes the body, how it helps us perform, then we don't have to get stressed out about the weight loss. Because if our body is supposed to lose weight, it will. If there's no medical issues happening outside of that, um, whether it's mental illness or medications, whatever, if the body is supposed to be a certain weight, it'll get there. But we have to look at food in a different way. And I had to do that with one of my weight class athletes. Um, They were struggling with eating. I gave them about four different meal plans. And they just, it wasn't going there. So I decided to take different terminology. It was the same information, just a different way. And I said, you know what, right now, we're going to look at nutrition. And I'm going to give you a nutrition for health right now. You need to heal your body. With all that stress, with lots of inflammation in your body, your body's not going to do what it needs to do. Let's look at healing. And she took that and she ran with it. And even though she knew technically we were kind of doing the same thing, the reason her why for it was different. And then things started to come into line. So messaging is important. Cool. Yeah. It's just like giving someone a cue in the gym here. Like you might tell them the same thing over and over again. Another coach comes by and says, do it this way. And it's, it's, the exact same outcome that we're wanting to achieve, yeah. but it might be just a different cue and it, it gets them to do what you want them to do. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, so we have a speed round. We're going to try uh, three minute answers. I don't know. You might be able to do this in two minutes or 10 seconds, like you said, <laughs> but um, it, I think it's stuff that comes up, you know, in the gym. Um, I've had some questions from uh, members that used to come here. Jacqueline had sent me a message on uh, Facebook and it's like, what is, what is your thought on, on keto? And mm-hmm. everyone that I know that I've talked to that's tried it is not on it any longer. It worked when they did it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like do it to, I'd rather teach people how to do something s- sustainable that they'll be able to kind of do for the rest of their life and tweak here and there depending on their activity levels. But whether it's like, should I cut, you know, certain food groups out completely, um, certain macros out or whatever. I'm not, you know, a huge fan in that. But mm-hmm. um, I guess the first question would be, uh, is paleo the way to go? What do you think about that? So in short, I could say the D word. It depends. Um, I didn't or, think it was going to be that D word. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, d- I do think that, um, and I've had many clients follow paleo Um, and did well, like you said, with the keto for a time. And then for whatever reason, they stopped following it. And then they're back to, you know, your your one goals uh, of being the same. I want to lose weight. I want to be fitter. I want to do this. So it's always the same. So paleo is fine for some people. Paleo, the way they describe it, that that's how we ate at the beginning of time. The way the paleo diet is laid out is for how people ate at one part of the world at a certain part of the time. So how do we eat? We eat based on where we live. If um, we live somewhere, uh, well, in Canada, we're pretty lucky that we can have a variety of foods from different parts of the world. But overall, we should be eating according to what's available to us. 
honestly, that's what's going to work. So if um, the paleo diet is going to work um, for you and your financial means um, and your palate, go for it. I I have no issue with it. Um, Should you go keto? Um, Again, uh, there are some people where the keto diet is is great. Um, high, High fat, very low carbohydrate, and, and they do well. I haven't seen anything legit in the literature in terms of ultra-endurance or endurance sport where keto is great for everybody. I have seen that keto could be for, for some ultra-endurance. Um, in terms of something like a short track, it's probably not going to do much for you. <laughs> yeah. So the keto diet for weight loss can work. Paleo can work. And we move into the oh-so-trendy intermittent fasting, in which people will do intermittent fasting, and then in the refeeding, then they'll do either keto or paleo. And what is it for? It's because they're wanting to lose weight. So for the intermittent fasting, there's so many ways to fast. You can do a 12-hour fast. You can do a 72-hour fast. You can do a 30-day fast. There apparently is someone who did a 360-day fast. That can't seem like quality of life to me, but you know what? Each to their own. Um, uh, But all of these can work. If the goal is merely weight loss in the short term, yes. I have not yet in my, and and I understand 15 years isn't a lifetime, but in my years of working as a dietitian in sport and out, I've yet to find anybody who does this lifelong. It's short term. By short term, it could be anywhere from a month to half a year. I haven't seen anyone, or may actually one max a full year. After that, they don't do it. And to go back to it, they don't get the same results because it's not new and exciting anymore. We're trained to want the new and exciting and immediate. And if you don't have new, exciting, immediate, that means it's not working, but that means now you're doomed and what's the next new thing? And there will be something new that comes out outrageous like only eat fingernails I don't know it, there's going to be something really weird that comes out I don't know why I thought of fingernails because I saw my nails and they need to be done but um, <laughs> I, I think that any of these can work yeah. all of them can be harmful too depending on who you are um, if you already had a lot of struggles and you've been dieting since you were 8 years old yeah. I'd probably stay away and let's look at creating some balance in your life I, actually that was more than 10 seconds that was well, yeah. It was it was like three minutes on each of those subjects, not all three of them in like in three minutes. You still got like thirty four seconds on the clock. Here. <laughs> Bummer. I'm still I'm still hung up on that three hundred day fast. Like that person's yeah. probably just going to all the family dinners and like no, sitting no, in the corner the and thing. crying. They're probably or, not. Like, yeah, their circle of life is shrinking to like a a little dot in the universe, right? And that's where I find a lot of the diets. You got to be careful. What is it allowing you to do, or what is it keeping you from doing? I have so many like, well, I can't go to this function. I can't go to that family gathering because they're going to have this. And I can't bring my own food because I'm going to look weird and they're going to talk about me. I'm like, well, they should look at you that way. Um, But so I think that if you're going to choose something, make sure it doesn't um, make your world smaller. It should make your world bigger. And I think that if, if it's doing anything other than that, then it's the wrong plan for you. So when people are like going out for your birthday and you can't go, it kind of yeah, kind of sucks. Exactly. See exactly. pictures on Instagram of it. Exactly. So yeah. the stuff for um, say like if if someone does have the weight to lose and they mm-hmm. are looking at like keto and the intermittent fasting and and paleo, I find it's it's usually people that are looking for that for that quick fix or something like oh I heard so and so lost this much weight on it that's why I'm you know wanting to jump on it sort of thing. Do you find it is people that are, you know, that have more weight to lose that are wanting to jump on it or people that are like, hey, I want to perform better. So I'm going to I'm going to try and go keto or I'm going to try and do some intermittent fasting. I think it it is if I were looking at for the performance side, it would be more I'm seeing more of this in the weight class category sports. If it's wrestling, judo, taekwondo, um, those sort of things um, and definitely bodybuilding for sure. Um, I, I see a lot of these coming into play. The intermittent fasting, um, I think is for me and who I've been working with just starting to catch on more, but mostly definitely the intermittent fasting for the obese client. So someone who's significantly overweight, um, and they're wanting to lose body fat, not just body weight, but fat. There is some evidence around the fasting for sure. Um, 
But the research that is done is done in a controlled setting where their blood work is always being monitored, their um, heart rate, their um, mindset, just their well-being. It's, it's all being monitored, right? And when we go off and do these on our own, the scary thing is, is who's monitoring you is you. And yeah. if you don't know you well enough, which most of my clients, when they're seeing me, they've got a bad relationship with themselves. They're not intuitive with what they need. They can't trust themselves around food. So there's no trust with who they are. The thing is they can't break up with them just like they would break up with someone who is not good in a relationship because everywhere you go, there you are. But they need to learn to trust themselves again and build a new relationship with them. And that means coaching. That's whether it's like a a therapist or um, maybe the strength coach is pretty cool and is able to provide that positive coaching and reinforcement or it's the dietitian slash life coach or whoever that is, but they need someone other than themselves because they don't trust themselves yet. That's the big one. I find people don't know how to work with themselves and any of these can work. I'm, I'm okay with any of them, but I'm not okay for all of them for everyone, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And then is this something you would monitor or is it like doctor monitor that you would recommend? I know when people have have done it, I think I've only talked to one person that's ever said that it was doctor monitored and they're like consistently, like you said, doing blood work and stuff like that. Most other people were, I think it was probably guessing and and not getting any feedback or getting any any testing or results back. Yeah. No, most do it on their own. I do make sure that uh, they're informed and that um, that they do need to. Like, even if they're taking supplements, I, I'm like, your doctor should just have that list. They should know. So something like this is huge. I think making these diet changes, particularly the intermittent fasting, if you're um, significantly overweight and your blood sugars are not under control, this is something that does need to be monitored. I will say that I can't work with you if you're not going to be monitored with your physician or nurse practitioner, whoever that is. It's good to have standards. I have standards. I do. (laughs) Cool. Well, that was a lot of great information. Is there anything else you want to throw out there? I don't know. Should I put Howie on the spot? Howie, you've been so quiet. Is there anything you want to say? Get out there. Wow. Uh, so I'm definitely on the spot here. Um, just for clarification, I'm a dietetic intern, so I'm really just here to learn and interesting. Um, definitely the parts on keto for performance. Um, a lot of the work I've done in school um, has some projects around that. I'm in the same boat as Jory. It can work in very specific situations, but we want to look at long-term health and performance. And keto can be interesting in that regard. Um, for me personally, just like the research I've seen, I don't think it's exactly conducive to performance, but again, I'm just an intern learning a lot, so just happy to be here. Oh, that's great. I like his response. He's a, <laughs> he's a great intern. He'd be a I, great dietitian. I, I'm surprised you had mentioned wrestlers just because mm-hmm. I would think like um, you're, you're – you're grappling with someone, you're holding them, like you are, your muscles are engaged so much. Like, you know, you look at a bodybuilder on stage performing and they're like flexing and they're, they're breathing heavily after that. And then now you, you throw someone under you and you're trying to squeeze the life out of them. Like I would think that the, the body needs a certain number of carbohydrates to, to help to sustain that. It it does. The body can adapt to a degree, right? Our body is so nice to us. Our body is working so hard and fighting for our to keep us going more than we give it credit for. And um, so it's gonna it will do some adapting for sure. The research will show that our body will to a degree adapt. And um, athletes at a certain level are just amazing, right? So even if they don't eat. Um, to the level that we know that they they should in terms of carbohydrates, fat, um, protein's usually not an issue. Um, But uh, just because they're so skilled, they're able to move on. But then when they're done their sport, now they don't know how to fuel the body properly and what balance even is. Just because at a certain level, sport isn't balanced anymore, right? It's not the workout for heart health or or, um, mental well-being or or body composition changes, whatever that is um, for the client. Like at, at a high level, these athletes aren't doing things for health or doing it for performance. Immediate gains. 
<laughs> and you had mentioned that too. Like some are just genetic freaks and can get yes. away with like a bad diet and stuff and still do yeah. perform really well. Yeah, absolutely. But I think for me that one of the big things out of, out of these is that these all can work for people that need to lose weight. Not everybody that does these um, needs to lose weight. I, I, there are some people that are doing fasting and, and the people have fasted since the beginning of the time. So it, it's not wrong to fast, but you need to make sure that you're fasting in a purposeful way that you know what you're doing. Don't just go and I'm just going to not pack lunch today and just go all day and see how it goes. Prepare yourself for it. You still need to drink your fluids. You still need electrolytes. Um, so there, there are things that you still need to learn and educate yourself so you can make an informed decision of how you're going to do this. And then what's what's your plan for for sustainability once you realize that, oh, I'm going to eat now? And it doesn't mean gorge fest because you don't feel good after that. Or maybe you do when if you gorge once in a while. But as a lifelong rule, what, what's your backup plan? What, what is your plan to make sure that you are healthy and well? And for those that have kids that are fa- playing around with some of these diets, what are you, what's your role model for your kids? Because I'm working with your kids now and some of them are messed up. So <laughs> we, need to, we need to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess if you're going to do any of this stuff, make sure you're tracking it as closely as possible. Like, you know, your performance in the gym, how much your sleep you're getting, mm-hmm. um, energy levels, your mood, if you're irritable or not, all that kind of stuff plays into it. And uh, it's not just the number on the scale. That is good. That is good. I wish there was this picture. Um, there's a, she's actually an eating disorder dietitian from Texas, and she had this picture of an old school scale. By old school, I mean like when I was a kid, it would be a scale that I would use where it had like, you know, you step on it and the numbers go over. They, yeah. they have them in doctor's offices sometimes. And on the scale, one of her students actually took it apart, and in it, when you stepped on it, it gave you a, a positive message instead of a weight of what you were. And I thought, you know, if we can just not worry about a weight, but focus on, um, are you bringing your best version of you to work or to school? Are you bringing the best version of you after work or school when you come home? Um, you know, there's different things to measure success by where even, even in terms of the gym, right? I, I, I love, um, these sort of facilities that you run and I love that you have a really balanced perspective. Not everyone does. So I hope this place continues to grow, um, beyond your expectations, because I do love your approach. I, I just hope that people understand that when they come in, that it's more than just about gaining lean mass. I think that's awesome to gain lean mass, but that's not what it's only about, right? Yeah. That, that this is about them being the best version of who they are. They're, they're making a commitment to something and they're following through. That's awesome. And then as they keep this commitment up to themselves and, the, and for the people they care about, it becomes their lifestyle, and then the outcome will be the outcome. No, I totally agree with that. And I, I think that one of the most amazing things when people come in is is not just seeing them, you know, achieve things that they didn't think they could, which is pretty amazing, but just seeing their level of confidence go up, especially like in, in young kids, um, you know, kids that are in elementary school or sorry, junior high that are coming. We've had some 12 year olds that have, uh, that have trained out of here as well. And just seeing them over time, just get better and move better. And when they come in, they're a bit more timid. And, uh, you know, when they leave, it's just whether they're going to train elsewhere or just not, not being here anymore. It's cool hearing from the parents, just like how much it's helped. And, um, you know, that's, that's a really positive thing that it's not just making them physically better and stronger, but, you know, mentally, if they can believe in themselves a little bit more and, and challenge themselves outside of here, then that's, that's a huge win for us. I love that. Yeah. Just a reminder, 90% of diets fail, 90%. So, um, don't follow a diet, follow a lifestyle. Um, start figuring out different things that, yeah, I, I love the fact that when I when I hear someone come back and be like, you know, I, before I couldn't even do a, you know, a push up. Now I'm doing, you know, fifteen or you know, and they yeah, keep yeah. on going up. Those are things that are exciting. They're cool. It, it's not about how you look, but it's how you're performing. I think it's really important. And the way you looked when you couldn't do a push up, and when you can do fifteen <laughs> push ups is probably a little bit different too. Exactly. So probably, that's cool. yeah. And there's no problem with wanting to look better. Yeah. I just want people like I'm not against that, but if that's the only reason to create a change. Then you're going to be January first every year of your life, starting yeah. up with the same goal. That's and it's it. A, 
It's a slow process, too. You don't look better overnight. You don't. I know. Good night. Sleep helps, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's at the, the bottom of our pyramid for our Stark Pyramid, sleep. Love so it. Everything's, everything builds on top of that. But, uh, yeah. Um, how can people find you if they want to look for you? Uh, different ways. They can go to my amateur website, <laughs> um, just georgejansen.ca. Um, also through the Canadian Sports Centre, cscm.ca, and um, email georgejansen at shaw.ca. Cool. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming down today and, um, you know, dropping all these knowledge bombs on people that are <laughs> going to be listening to it. Hopefully, if you have any questions, you'll, uh, you'll reach out and contact Jory. Or if you want to send me an email, if, uh, if you need to get her contact info or anything like that, I can gladly forward that on to you. But uh, once again, thank you so much for coming down. And thank you, Howie, for hanging out for the past hour and a bit. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. I learned yeah. a lot. Good. That's awesome. There we go. Thank you. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. And hopefully this podcast will make you all a little bit better than yesterday. Thank you for listening to the Better Than Yesterday podcast hosted by Stark Strength and Conditioning and Stark CrossFit. If you have any ideas for a guest you'd like to hear on our show, or if you have any questions you'd like answered, please send them to us at info at starkstrength.com. Take care, everyone.